What happens if you come up with a big idea and have to move fast to make it a reality? How can you launch a startup when you're learning as you go? And how much design thinking can you really do? This is the Design Thinkers Academy London podcast. And in this edition of the podcast, we delve into the world of startups and look at how one of our former delegates has brought his dream business to life. If you don't live in a big city, your food choice options may be limited. How can you eat from your favorite restaurant when they only serve the local area? That's where Playtoy comes in. Wherever you are in the UK, it will send you a meal kit to prepare the food at home from well-known as well as independent restaurants. It's the brainchild of two brothers, Harry and Lewis Slagle, and since its inception back in 2020, with just six restaurants, it's now growing to over 70. We first met one of the brothers, Harry, in 2019 when he attended both our Design Thinkers Bootcamp and Design Thinking Facilitation courses, and we're with him again today to talk about his experiences in launching Playtoy. Welcome, Harry. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, great to be here and excited. So let's go back to start and learn a little bit about Playtoy. When and how did you come up with that idea? And tell us a bit about the idea in general. Yeah, so Playtoy is a COVID baby. So really in the first lockdown around February, March, I was kind of sitting in, in my kitchen and I, I was kind of looking at things to order online. It was the time where you couldn't get anything on Ocado or, or Tesco's online, etc. Everything was months booked and, and the only way to get things was either you go down to your local green grocers or your butchers to get to get food in that time and everyone was thinking it was the end of the world and i kind of came across some meal kits from some restaurants some of them are on our site right now so i thought wow this is fantastic one of them was home slice i love home slice in terms of the pizzas i have in london and then there was a meal kit so i had the pizza and i thought this is fantastic and i don't live anywhere near one of those restaurants right i live in finchley in north london got some good options on Uber Eats, Deliveroo, et cetera. But this was like a new thing where you could essentially get your favorite restaurants, ingredients in a box sent in a post to you to enjoy. So I thought this is fantastic. And they all started to prop up everywhere. And then this is the first aspect I thought in terms of the light bulb moment where there could be something in it, where there's this new thing going in the food delivery sector. But from a customer experience, consumer facing aspect, it needs to be simple for an end customer to understand who in, in at that time, London was supplying these milk kits, right? There needs to be a marketplace and aggregator of all of these places in one, a bit like what delivery and Uber Eats do for takeaways. So I was like, right, I want to jump on this bag and kind of did loads of research to understand who's doing it. A lot of research into what tech to use, et cetera. And I'll come onto that in a minute because there was kind of some design thinking aspects of even choosing the tech, which was quite interesting. And got my brother, Lewis, who's got a strong background in operations and worked in the film industry for quite some time. So I got him to look at how do we deliver these boxes to customers. So I went around me building them a tech and leading on that side. Me and Lewis both kind of signing up the restaurants and Lewis designing our play-to-way packaging pack, securing a nationwide distribution throughout the UK, Courier, which is kind of an arm of our business as well, which allows us to deliver these boxes far and wide in the UK. It was a punt really to start off with. We started with six founding partners with some cool names. And we started with me and Lewis and, and Olivia, who was running our Instagram at that time. And she's got into our head of marketing. She's single-handedly grown the Play2Way brand. She's fantastic. And yeah, six founding partners. And we've grown and partnered with over 75 now. If you fast forward to where we are, and we've just closed our seed round, and which is fantastic. We raised about £650,000 into the business, which is going to grow us and allow us to really expand 
And now we've got a team of six of us and, and plan to use the majority of that money to, to grow the business. But since kind of starting to where we are now, we've done nearly £800,000 revenue already in our first year of GMV revenue and just, just taken off and gone crazy. And so exciting because me and Lewis love food. I've always wanted to do my own thing. When I did the Design Thinkers Academy, I worked in management consultancy and done various different things in my career in the digital and customer experience space and loved it. But I've always had this urge inside of me to do my own thing. And, and I suppose this has given me the the leap of faith to do it. And now I would never, never look back twice. So it all happened very, very fast then, because this is a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. It's like a bubble in itself. I suppose for a lot of people, the last 18 months or whatever has been a bit of a bubble and kind of the whole COVID. It's just, it's just happened so quickly. And we've just kind of ridden that wave. And I think it was this time, well, I would say this time last year was when we're like, okay, this is a serious business, right? We're achieving some serious monthly kind of recurring revenue. And then I remember last Christmas, the kind of board meetings with me, my brother and my father, and we're sitting there being like, yeah, we're probably at the point where we need to get outside investment and grow this if we want to kind of really go for it. And then as with these things, it takes a long time, but we got that and we raised it now. And, and, and then 2022 is going to be a really exciting year of growth, conquering the UK, signing more restaurants up and then leading into our Series A to expand. And, and a lot of that will be expanding into Europe and far and wide. Wow. And has there been a big public demand for it? Have customers responded well to the idea? Yeah, yeah. It's been a really interesting stat because we, we get asked the question the whole time, is this a COVID fad? Do you know what I mean? In terms of what it is. And a lot of investors, when we're in talk to them, ask that question. And what I like to, to say to them is, is a, a piece of data is 60% of our sales during the lockdowns was from customers within London, within the M25 in London. And 40% was outside. And that's flipped on its head. And what that tells us, and, and this goes back to kind of the, the starting of me thinking about this idea and it's growing is the problem we are solving is access to your favorite restaurants wherever you are in the UK. And that stat shows that, okay, when everyone's out of and about, there still is demand in London, but there's less demand, but there's always going to be demand for people in the Cotswolds or up north or whatever that wants their favorite restaurant. And maybe they only do it once or twice a year by traveling to London. Well, now we can deliver it to them nationwide. So one of the things I'm most proud of is we partner with some really cool brands like Hard Rock Cafe and Home Slice. So they're global, global big brands. And, and they're actually gold partners. So they have links on their website that said free direct referral traffic to Play to Wait. And that's one of the reasons we've been able to grow so quickly. And, and for example, Hard Rock Cafe, everyone knows who they are. I used to remember going there when I was a kid and something that's really, really cool, actually. If you go to the Piccadilly Circus, which is right underneath the lights in London, as you walk into their flagship store, there's a sign that says play to wait. As you can imagine, the, the, the cost of marketing that someone would pay to be on the screen and 100 feet um, in the store that we've got some exposure there, which is fantastic. So what would a Hard Rock Cafe meal kit then consist of? Yeah, so one of their iconic kits that they've got, which is their baby back ribs. So that would consist of cafe barbecue sauce. You get their love all seasoning, which is one of their signature seasonings that they have. Coleslaw, cabbage carrots and then you also get the uh, baked potato as well and um, with seasoning and olive oil so that is to really create recreate that iconic dish that you'd only get in the restaurant and we send all the ingredients in a box in the post delivered to your house you obviously had this early idea you saw that there was a potential opportunity did you do any initial testing with any customers or anything to get that idea off the ground and see if it had scope to grow 
everything I've learned in my career is you start small, you build an MVP and you test feedback and then you have features on. This is, we've kind of reverse done that and we've had to because of the dynamics and the situation we're in, right? Um, or we were in because come lockdown, everyone's stuck at home. There are these mill kits that are propping up. There's an idea. But if we didn't build that and start within the month that we did it, there were, I think, four or five different companies that are doing a similar thing. One of them's not around anymore. And there were some that started like three months after some of us started and they didn't even take off. So we had to be quick, really, really quick, right? We couldn't start our own tech and start for that. So I had to find an off the self solution, which I found. And part of that, I use design thinking to almost in the exploratory kind of understanding what tech stack do I need for this thing? And one of them was, can I just use Shopify, right? Is it a simple e-commerce site? No, it isn't. And this was part of kind of analyzing the restaurant's needs of what they're going to need. And for us as a business to stay a light asset. So we managed to get an offer self solution that acts as a marketplace. So orders come into Playtoway and they also get sent to individual restaurants who have their own dashboard. And by having that process means that we don't have no manual process from Playtoway every day of checking orders. It just flows seamlessly to them. And we did that with all of an offer self solution. And I must have gone and explored about 15, 20 different tools that could do different things. And we ended up in a place we are now, which at the moment we're still plastering it along. But with this funding round, we're essentially going to build our own microservices architecture, our own bespoke technology, and plug in our new React front end, which we're about to release and link into that. The desirability, feasibility, and viability came into that in terms of thinking, right, this is propping up. I'm going to punt that this is going to be desirable. I was one of the first to get this as a foodie. And I'm thinking this has got to be something that people like. It's very hard to ask people at that stage, do they want that and do some testing? Because this is a brand new thing that's just started. So I suppose the feedback of this was a thing was launching and seeing if people bought it, right? Which is probably the best way to find out. But launching with not a lot of capital up front. That was the kind of desirability aspect of, of looking at it. The feasibility was, okay, how can we do this really cheap? quickly without putting a lot of capital in there and that was buying an off-shelf solution which i think was like less than a grand but to get up and i configured it myself i had a little bit of help on the back end the database set up but everything else i configured myself and that's how kind of how is this feasible to grow and then the viability for aspects part of it is right is this a business how do we make it work what are the unit economics to stack that up and to completely honest I didn't really look into the unique economics until the investor asked me the question about a year later. And I'm not afraid to say that because we're riding this wave and, and a lot of this is chucking into the deep end and learning on the job. Yes, I was tracking our revenue. Yes, I was tracking our customer acquisition costs, but stuff like lifetime value is very hard at an earth stage stage to, to understand that all, right? So over time, we've started to understand as an evolving sector, is this actually a business is viable going forward? The funny thing is when you actually compare it to the last mile delivery deliveroo model, it's actually a lot more viable than that. Obviously the demand's not there as much as that because they're billion dollar companies and it's still catching up and I'm still convinced there's a huge educational piece to let everyone know what a restaurant milk it is. A lot of people don't know what they are yet and that's what's exciting. But the huge subsidies that these companies deliver have to do because they've got their own scooter riders to cover that to make it viable to work for that last mile we don't have because we work with a nationwide courier where we've got a flat fee wherever we deliver 
and that customer is part of the product price paid by the customer. So there's no subsidy. So the unit economics actually stack a lot better than that when you look at it as a long-term plan, which is really exciting going forward as well. And I guess environmentally, that's better as well in the sense that you haven't got couriers going back and forth like you do with Deliveroo, but you've got someone who's delivering more en masse. Yeah, it's a method like you would receive anything in a post. We've luckily got an umbrella account with our courier where they would go round to our restaurants, pick up multiple boxes. It goes into a, a big van, takes back to a hub and they get sent out across the UK. And touching on that again, we had a problem, which you could say we use design thinking again, come last Christmas, there was one depot in London or near London that there was a problem. So some orders weren't getting there, right? We still had a 96 or 97% success rate, which is pretty good. And with nationwide couriers, it's, it's a, a lot of it's a numbers game. But what we found was a nationwide courier goes from numbered different touch points throughout the journey, right? It gets picked up in London, probably goes to the Midlands and then goes to different places out, right? So what we incorporated is we found a London M25 courier for our London deliveries, and we split it between London M25 and Nationwide. So anything within the M25 went with them, and it's literally picked up, goes to a hub, and then out the next day. So there's a lot less problems that can go wrong. And that solved a lot of our issues very early on. And that came out of a brainstorming process we weren't initially went through the whole end-to-end double diamond process but it was a brainstorming where we were thinking outside the box which is really interesting and so looking forward what are the big challenges you now see ahead good question i think it's interesting to see how this industry is going to evolve we're pretty much one of the market leaders in the uk for what we're doing it's now how we scale as a business in a number of different aspects, operationally, for restaurants. And I think the biggest challenge is going to be letting everyone know what restaurant meal kits are. And we need to really play on the brand, the plate-away brand. We've had this exponential growth because of the restaurant's brand. That's why we've gone from zero to where we are now, because you've got these well-known brands and we've got a platform enabler that's allowed them to deliver their products. But we need to grow the Play Away brand so everyone knows who Play Away is. And I think that's the biggest thing that we want to do next year. And then the upside benefits of that, of being a food brand, are going to be really interesting. As well as that, our biggest challenge is our biggest advantage. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because our model compared to a lot of our competitors, pretty much all of them, is that we stay light asset. We do not touch the food. So we've structured all our contracts with restaurants. So we don't have liability to the food because the food hygiene is a big aspect. We have quality control measures because obviously we need to keep on top of it and make sure it all goes out. But we're not experts in food production. I come from a tech background, a product background. Lewis comes from a logistics operations. So we're not experts in production and fulfillment. So we've developed a play-to-way packaging pack that's environmentally friendly, that's sustainable. And we'd educate restaurants how to pack the box because a lot of them are new, but we don't actually do it. We have third party fulfillment centers that we work with and production kitchens for some of the brands that need help. So we have options if they can't do it. I think the challenge is going to be how we upscale those options as we get bigger. And the beauty of not touching the food is we can scale quicker because we haven't got all those overheads of the warehouse, packing the boxes and the chefs, the factory workers, et cetera. 
we can scale a lot quicker, a lot faster, and there's a lot less risk, let's say, if orders decline, because there is some seasonality in this industry. So by working with third-party filments, we take that risk off, we get the best of middle ground. But I suppose the challenge is, is when we upscale and scale up to them, and it was really interesting to see how it all will evolve. The way we're managing it now is we've got a number of different things. So if someone wants a burger kit made, they go to this one person. If someone wants a pasta, they go to this. They all have their own different aspects. And do you have any advice then for anyone else who's starting a startup based on what you've been through? Don't be afraid to ask questions. If you don't know something, you're either going to have to figure out yourself or pay someone to do it. And normally you figure out yourself because you haven't got the money to, to do it. And... I think for me, I've always thought I needed more experience ever to do a startup or do my own thing. I've always thought right, I need to become a senior or a principal, whatever, in what I was doing. But just if you've got an idea, just do it because you'll learn so much. I did design thinking every single day when I was a service designer, UX designer. I've done it apart, but the majority of what I'm doing is stuff that I've never done before. This is a really funny story. When we first set up the platform, we set everything up, I got the off-shelf solution and we got it going, pushed it live. Got the restaurant and started taking orders. And then we come around to paying restaurants and I thought it would just pay. Naivety, I just thought, oh, it's just going to pay them. But no, it didn't. So I called my accountant and he was like, oh, okay. And we literally sat there for like a couple of hours designing our payment process system the day before we had to pay people on the first cycle. And that aspect of, okay, if you look at the end-to-end journey, we use Stripe as our payment process that links into our website. The money goes into Stripe and kind of all automatically thinking that it pays people out from that, but it didn't. So we've decided the whole process of downloading the data, putting it into Google Sheets. And that whole process was like a lot of work. I did it up until 10 restaurants and even that took me two days of my time, right? And I suppose the biggest thing I could say as a startup is laying in the track as the train is going along, right? And you're just learning things every single day. And the biggest thing is if you don't know something or you're not the best at doing something, find someone that is. And like the biggest thing me and Lewis said to ourselves is the next year is about hiring people that are better than us. That's the biggest thing that we want to do the next year that can do different things. What's the point of me spending two days in finance if that's not my strong area? I might as well do more of the running the business and the workshops and leading the team and doing the UX, all that kind of stuff, because that's my strength. So the biggest thing is try not to be sucked into the tasks if you're not that experienced. Get someone to help you if you can. Otherwise, unfortunately, you're going to be stuck into it and you're going to have to learn how to do it, which at the end of it is quite rewarding because you've learned something new to do anyway. Interestingly, saying all of those things, even though you're not sitting down and saying, I'm going to do a design thinking tool today, the ideology of design thinking runs through a lot of what you've done in the sense that you're asking questions, you're saying, and what, you're prototyping as you go, you're literally learning as you go, trying out ideas, seeing what works, prototyping again, until you get the best solution. I suppose my brain structured like that, because that's the way I've been working for the last 10 years. So kind of subconsciously, doing it with everything I'm doing, challenging my team in different ways. And when I was building Plate Away at the start, in my head constantly, I'm like, this is the wrong way to do it. Because you buy the offer sale solution, I've got the big bang stack of everything of a full marketplace that works. Wasn't the way I've been taught of start small and build something up. So I'm always like, well, this is backwards. But in reality, 
like I touched on before, we wouldn't be where we were if we didn't do it like that because you've got to be quick and reactive, right? And there are tools out there in this day and age that has what you need. And, and it's very hard as well when you have an MVP to get enough quantifiable users to validate an idea. I think that's the biggest challenge when you've got something small. If you've only got 100, 200, 300 beta users or whatever, you're not getting a really true of how it's going to use on scale. Whereas even though we did it backwards and we've got a marketplace, we were having hundreds of thousands of people come onto the website. And I would say it's still pre-MVP in my mind to everyone else that looks like this amazing website, which it is. And the new free app front end that's coming in about a week, it's going to be amazing. And then an app in the new year, which could be perfect. But we're now kind of working back of, okay, we've got this piece of tech that works that we're plastered and keeping going along. We've now detached the front end for headless front end and react that we're plugging into it. And then we'll build the microservices out over the next year and then plug that all into it. And then we've got what we want, but we can inform what we want in those microservices and spending the hundreds of thousands of pounds into the tech because we know what we want because the users have used it on that system, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's technical yeah. though. It's a, it's a complicated thing that you set up. It's, it's technical, it's complicated, it's backwards what you learn, but there's a thread of that divergent and convergent thinking in there of testing it, but testing it in the real world to get to where we want. And even what we've got now, it might not be that in five years, right? Things change. People could probably buy milk kits on the metaverse in five years. You never know. We don't know what's going to happen. So, And finally, if you have any advice for anyone listening or any customers, what would you say? For anyone thinking of wanting to do their own business and been pondering it for a long time and have just felt that they haven't got the experience or they don't think it's the right time or they're worried, just do it. Just do it and see best to do it when you're young as well and you haven't got that much responsibility just do it and i promise you it will change your life for the better and then for any customers no one wants a cold soggy takeaway from deliverer anymore you want to milk it from plate away so i've got a 20 percent off coupon for your first order if you use design thinkers 20 at checkout try us out and you'll never go to deliverer again Thanks to Harry for joining us today and sharing his story. If you're interested in learning more about the Design Thinkers Academy London and our various design thinking courses, please do visit the website or follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Many thanks for listening and look out for a further podcast coming soon.